You're listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at harvestoakville.ca. 2 Corinthians 3, let me just say this for you. Um, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom is... Freedom is one of the highest values in our society and culture, and rightly so. Freedom's a very big deal, and it should be. I'm, I'm thinking of our own national anthem, my favorite line in our national anthem. I had the chance twice this week in one day to sing it in the morning with a group of people and then in the evening with a large group of people. And every time we come to that line, God keep our land glorious and free, I, I use it as a prayer from my heart, one, to say, God, thank you that we are in a nation that is indeed glorious and free, as the writer of that anthem meant to say, under the sovereignty of God. And I use it as a prayer to thank him, but they say, Lord, would you truly keep our land glorious and free? Because the value of freedom, it's such a huge deal. I think of our neighbors to, to, to our south, and I think of, as in their national anthem, the Star, Star Spangled Banner, and, you know, land of the free and home home of the brave, just, the, just the, the, the importance of that. Also, in the, in the Declaration of Independence, probably the most famous line is, uh, life, liberty, freedom, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what is that? It says within the document itself that this should be endowed to every person by the Creator. Um, every person who's lived has, should have the right to life, uh, to freedom, and to the pursuit of happiness. This will become the foundation of any strong, freedom-centered society. But in contrast with where we are now, I read a book last week about the plight of Jewish prisoners in the death camp of Auschwitz. And you go from where we are of freedom and as glorious as it is, and then you see the, the reality of the Jewish people, for the most part, in these death camps, no freedom there, zero. Uh, total enslavement, total bondage, uh, unspeakable suffering, no rights, none. All of them taken away. And those that are there would testify they cannot imagine hell being any worse than what they were living in in that setting. In one sense, glorious freedom. In another sense, zero freedom and unspeakable suffering. But the spiritual truth that we learn today from from God's word, as we learn about a freedom that is above all freedom. See, what do you mean? You can be today the freest person on earth, enjoying all the luxuries, all the blessings of society. Here, somewhere else, you can be the freest person on earth in human terms, and yet you can be 100% spiritually enslaved to sin, death, and Satan. Conversely, You could have every right of yours on earth taken away in a place like Auschwitz, the horrific reality of that. And yet, if you are a child of God in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you, you could be in a horrific place of enslavement and yet never be more spiritually free. How is that possible? Only one way. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ presents a freedom unlike any other freedom you can imagine. The gospel of Jesus Christ, given by the Holy Spirit, found in the person of Jesus Christ, gives a freedom that transcends all governments, 
all wars, all dictators, all injustice, all inequity, and all inequality. This is a freedom that will take the poorest person on earth and cause them to become the wealthiest person, spiritually speaking, in the universe. It takes the most oppressed person and causes them to know the highest spiritual joy. It's a freedom that causes the horrifically enslaved to sit at the right hand of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is no freedom like this freedom. And this is the freedom that God speaks to us today, given only by the Holy Spirit of God. I, I must pray before we go any farther. I must pray. Father, I pray and I beg you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, God, I pray that you will cause this time to be one of true renewal, encouragement, and love, and blessing. God, I ask right now you will set people free. Father, I pray that you will lift the veil from the eyes of those that are here or listening and you will let them see for the first time ever the glory that is found in Jesus Christ alone. And they will then be given a freedom that will never ever be taken from them, that cannot be stolen, will never be diminished, that is unbreakable, indestructible, and one that is absolutely and truly eternal. This is only found in you, and I pray that you will do that today. Thank you for the grace that is all around us, the grace that is within us, and I pray the grace that will be found again. By those, I pray, maybe for the first time ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our sermon title, The Holy Spirit and Freedom, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Please turn. Please turn and join me as we look at God's word, God's given word to us that our lives might be changed. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Notice, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Freedom is at the center of our text today. The Holy Spirit is all around it and in it. So here's the first truth we learn today as it comes to the Holy Spirit and freedom. Number one is this, the where and there of freedom. The Holy Spirit. The where of freedom is the Holy Spirit. The there of freedom is also the Holy Spirit. We're talking about true freedom. We're talking about eternal freedom. We're not talking about earthly, temporal freedom. We're talking about everlasting freedom only found, given by the Holy Spirit in the person of Jesus Christ. Notice the where and there of freedom, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can you see the where and the there? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, when you find the Spirit of the Lord, there you also find supernatural and eternal freedom. Where He is, freedom also is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there, there we find freedom. Nowhere else can we find this freedom. And no one else can we find this freedom. You've been searching for years or decades. You have not found freedom because you have not found freedom in the Holy Spirit of God. He's the only one who can give it as He points us to the person of Jesus Christ. Now, why the Holy Spirit? Well, look at verse 17 again. 
It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. What is this? This is telling us the Holy Spirit is God. This is a declaration as to the deity of the Holy Spirit of God. The Lord God is the Spirit. Of course He is. The Holy Spirit is God Almighty. The Holy Spirit is Creator. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. The Holy Spirit is the one who raises us from the dead. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's eternally existing. He is self-sufficient. The Holy Spirit is infinite. And therefore, wherever He is, because He is God, there is also freedom. Where is freedom? There is freedom. The Holy Spirit is freedom. Question, is He in you? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so is the Holy Spirit in you. Because when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, you are absolutely free. And there's no way, if that has happened, that you cannot know it. This is when you are changed from ever, from death to life. But notice within these verses inherently, this is not some religious system. This is not man-made. This is a relationship with a person. The Holy Spirit at conversion, regeneration comes and lives within us. Notice too, this is not playing church. Some of us are playing church. Say, what do you mean? Come, church, every now and then, stand up, sit down, leave, leave, live the rest of our life, and there's no impact and no difference of any true transformation in Jesus Christ. Playing church is not what's happening in the text here. When we are set free, there's a supernatural transformation that takes place in our lives. Notice too, this isn't some self-esteem enhancing garbage. That's not what's happening here. This is freedom given by Almighty God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But here's the question, but freedom from what exactly? What are we being set free from? And that's the question I want us to ask. If you look at verse 17 and verse 18, I want you to see the bookends of these two verses. So if we took just these two verses as we are today, notice the bookends. Can you see them there? Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Look at the very end of verse 18. The very end of verse 18, it says, For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we have two bookends of this passage, uh, all, all containing and surrounding uh, by the Holy Spirit. Another way you can look at this, today we hold a freedom-based sandwich, okay? There's a sandwich given by the Holy Spirit of God, and the two pieces of bread of the Holy Spirit, and everything that's within this awesome spiritual sandwich. By the way, are you getting hungry yet? Getting hungry? In this sandwich, the right kind of hunger Everything within this sandwich is freedom-based, biblically speaking. So verse 18, for this comes from, what's this? This is the content of the sandwich. This refers to the freedom that the Holy Spirit alone can give. So then we say, what's in this awesome, delicious, spiritual, freedom-centered sandwich? Let's find out. Then the Holy Spirit of God comes and the person of Jesus Christ is seen and he changes our lives, we're given freedom. Freedom from what? Number one, freedom from the veil. Freedom from the veil. Some of you are like, I don't know what you mean. Look at verse 18. Here's freedom and pact. And we all, who's we, believers, 
genuinely saved Christians, and we all with unveiled face. Let's stop right there. Paul's already unpacking the glorious reality of our freedom. What's he referring to? What's he referring to? Well, this is time for some context. Yes, ah, context. And our context for our verses here is verse 12 through 16. Let's look at it together. Let's be students of God's word together. Look at verse 12. Now, when you're studying scripture, when you see words repeated, notice them because that will tell you what this passage is primarily about. So let's look for the repeated word in verses 12, really, all the way through 18. Verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, interesting, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So I'm like, what does that even mean? We'll get to it in just a moment, okay? Verse 14, but their Jewish people, their minds, Israelites, their minds were hardened for to this day when they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ, this is for some here today right now, only through Christ is it taken away. Verse 15, yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, five times in six verses, the word veil is used in some form. Why? Because it's everything. Verses 12 to 16 is a direct reference to Exodus 34. In Exodus 34, Moses goes up to the mountain. Moses is unveiled before the glory of God. The glory of God reflects upon Moses. The Bible tells us his face literally begins to shine. He is reflecting his skin, the Bible says, is shining the glory of God. Moses comes down the mountain. The people see the glory of God on Moses' face. Moses, it says in Exodus, and our text tells us here today, he places a veil over his face so the people no longer can see the glory. You might ask, why? Why would Moses place a veil to cover the glory? Here's what we're learning in 2 Corinthians 3 and based on Exodus 34. Because the glory of Moses was temporal. It was an old covenant glory. It was a legitimate glory. It was a beautiful glory. But it was nothing in compared to the glory that would be revealed in the new covenant in the person of Jesus Christ. So because the glory is fades, Moses places a veil over his face that the people may not see that the reality is this glory is fading. Look at verse 13 of our text. Not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. The old covenant. The glory that faded. But notice here what Paul does masterfully in this text. He switches the metaphor of the veil from the face of Moses to the hearts of the Israelites. Verse 14. But their minds were hardened. 
For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Verse 15, yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Loved ones, notice this now. The Jewish people saw the temporal glory of Moses, but they could not see any glory beyond Moses. They failed to see the glory of Jesus Christ. The text tells us why. Because their minds were hardened. And whenever you find a hardened mind, that will always lead to a veiled heart. A hardened mind leads to a veiled heart. That is why Paul says, to this day... When Moses is read to them, they cannot see that Moses pointed to Jesus. This is why they saw Jesus in the flesh. They did not believe he was the Son of God. They could not see the glory beyond the Old Covenant or the Old Testament system. And think about this right now. In our day as well, you find a hardened mind and you find a veiled heart. That is why you can have people steeped in religion up to their eyeballs right now, but no change has taken place. This is why people can hear the gospel a hundred times that Jesus Christ alone is the way, the truth, and the life. That through his life and death and resurrection, he takes our sin and gives us life. And they hear this every Christmas, and they hear this every Easter, and they hear this even today at a baptism service. But they remain unchanged because their minds are hardened, and therefore a veil lies over their heart. I mean, I just think about the reality of this place right now, this message being spoken, and the veil that would remain over people in this room or who can hear this message even now. That you have never truly experienced the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit of God because your mind has been hardened and therefore the veil lies over your heart. I mean, I got to hear every baptism testimony this week in all 18, and it's amazing to me, story after story after story. I could not see. I could not see. I might have been in church. I might have this, but all of a sudden, my life broke down. All of a sudden, I came to my, all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus Christ lifted the veil from my eyes, and I could see, and I'm testifying now that I am free, and Jesus Christ has saved me, and I now am no longer blind but the veil has been lifted and I have received the freedom that is only given in Jesus Christ for the glory of the Lord. Loved ones, this is the freedom that only the Holy Spirit can bring, which puts any earthly freedom, it makes it look like nothing. There's more to this freedom. The second part of this freedom is this. We have the freedom to behold glory. So verse 18, we're just going through, through our verse here. And we all with unveiled face. What happens when, you're, when the blindfold's removed? When I can see, see what? And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. Okay, what I need us to do right now, I need us to understand the territory of privilege that we are walking into right now. Loved ones, think of the privilege and the blessing and the honor of being able to testify that you have beheld the glory of the Lord, that you have experienced the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you know that you are saved and you know that you have been set free. Loved ones, think of the literally, the millions and billions of people 
who have lived this life and died apart from Jesus Christ. They never had the veil lifted. They never were able to ever behold the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they enter into eternity by themselves apart from Jesus Christ. Think of the millions and billions of people on this earth right now who are living, who cannot see, where the veil covers their eyes. And they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. They do not know freedom. And so you're sitting here right now and you testify that Jesus Christ is in you and you've been granted the freedom to have the veil lifted from your eyes, not because you did it, because the grace of God that he took the blindfold off and you've been able to behold the glory of the Lord. Let me ask you, why you? Why me? Why us and not them? And that's when your mind starts to hurt a lot. And the more I think about that, man, the more I get lower and the more Jesus Christ becomes higher. There is no greater privilege on the face of this earth or in this universe than be able to testify that I have been given a freedom that allows me to see with spiritual eyes and behold the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, just think about it. Moses in the Old Covenant. Moses, one man, one mountain, saw the glory temporally from the Lord. We now, New Covenant believers, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have access into the Holy of Holies every moment of our lives, all because of what God has done in His grace, in His mercy, by His love. We don't deserve this. But we have been given this by the Spirit of God in the person of Jesus Christ with his life, death, and resurrection. Who are we to be granted such treasure and such blessing? This is the power of the gospel. And you say, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine, but really what I want in life, I want, more, I, want, I want more money. I want a nicer house. I want to drive a nicer car. I want to have a better relationship. I want a better job. I want to, you might want all those things, man. But if you've been granted the freedom of the gospel by the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ... You don't need anything else. You have been given, and trust me, the moment Christ returns or the moment you die, you will know that as perfectly as we can possibly imagine as everything else is seen for what it is, what moth and rust destroy. And we all with unveiled face beholding, beholding the glory of the Lord. Charles Wesley explained this in one of his beautiful sermons can it be he says look at this he says look at him describing the veil being lifted and the and the life that now experiences the glory long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night fast bound just imagine like just chained uh, wrists and feet prison cell that, that, that's what sin does to us fast bound in sin and nature's night darkness misery but thine eye-diffused, a quickening ray, the veil's lifted. The light shines, and all of a sudden, in the darkness, I, I can see light. Thine eye-diffused, a quickening ray, I woke the dungeon flamed with light. So in my dungeon of prison, sin and death and Satan, the light of Christ comes, and all of a sudden, the veil's lifted, and all the, I can see the glory of Jesus. All of a sudden, I can see all of a sudden life. All of a sudden, love. All of a sudden, purpose. The, my dungeons flame with light. My chains fell off, of course. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and saw your glory. That's my version, all right? All right? But notice, I rose, went forth, and followed thee, of course, because when the veil is lifted and you behold the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, man, there's only one option for life now. I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Where else will I go? 
He's everything. Jesus Christ is everything. And of course he says it twice then in this hymn. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. This is the power of the gift of freedom only given by the Holy Spirit, only found in the person of Jesus Christ. Are you searching here today? Are you searching for life? Search no more. Search no more. The answer is Jesus. The answer to life is, is there, there is no doubt there are there are several, if not dozens, of people here today that your entire eternity can change now if you will surrender your life to Jesus Christ and believe that he lived and died for your sins and rose from the dead to defeat death, that if you turn from sin and you place your faith, if you believe in him, it's not what you do, it's what he's done, and you believe in him, you shall be saved and you will be given a freedom you never, ever thought possible. What more evidence do you need? What more testimony do you need to hear? What more experience of life do you need to go through to figure out you can't do it and neither can I? But the Lord Jesus Christ desires to fill you with so much love, you will literally be overwhelmed and you won't even know how to articulate the power of the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ upon your life. You know, I think about, my mom used to sing me songs as a child as I went to bed. She, of course, sang songs of the faith over me. And I thought about the songs she used to sing to me. I thought about I was unregenerate at that time. I was not saved. She was. And I think about the songs she used to sing over me. I think about how she was really in that moment beholding the glory of the Lord. And as she was singing and beholding the glory of the Lord, she was praying that one day her son would also be able to behold the glory of the Lord. Because the moment her son would behold the glory of the Lord, the moment everything changes, the moment all of life comes into view, the moment he sees Jesus Christ for who he is and what he has done, nothing will ever be the same again. One of the songs she used to sing over me was a song that's called There's Just Something About That Name. There's just something about that name because everything is found in the name of Jesus. The world cannot compare. And in fact, you know what? I just want to play that song for you today. You can sing along if you desire to, but just let your heart be stilled and, and just listen. Listen to this version of this song. Go ahead. Jesus, 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 there's just something about Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth something about 
know, it's quite something that as a child and the song is sung over you hundreds of times, and as you go through life, these words, in some ways, they never leave you. The moment you find yourself in your darkest place and your most desperate situations, and all of a sudden, the truth, the truth comes forth, and the light shines in, and then all of a sudden, the name of Jesus is all that matters. Here's what we say around here all the time. It's such a beautiful thought and theological truth. You will never stare in the face of Jesus Christ and feel let down. You can't. You cannot authentically stare in the face of Jesus Christ and be let down because Jesus Christ will never leave you or forsake you. It's impossible for him to let you down on his terms. It's impossible. He is that good. He is that faithful. It doesn't mean life goes the way we think it's going to go. It means that Jesus Christ is our sufficiency and Jesus Christ is our glory. And Jesus Christ is the one who allows us to be carried through the difficult paths of life to the highest joys when the world will say, you should be utterly miserable. And you say, I know, but I cannot describe the love and the joy that I feel because my Savior is so near to me. Why? Because Jesus Christ is like the sun to us in our solar system. Jesus Christ, like the sun in our solar system, our sun provides for over 7 billion inhabitants on earth, not to mention every other, other living thing. The sun easily has the strength and the energy to provide that for the entire earth and beyond. Jesus Christ is like the sun. Jesus Christ is our sufficiency. He is the one we find life in. This is why John Newton said, Jesus Christ is the sun for the soul. Loved ones, if he's the sun for our soul, my advice is catch some rays, man. Catch some rays. The world, when we behold the world, life gets sucked from us. But when we behold Jesus Christ and praise him and sing to him and read about him and love him and pursue him and adore him, there we find life no matter how hard life gets. This is what Jesus Christ does. This is the freedom given by the Holy Spirit alone, only found in the person of Jesus Christ. The freedom of having the veil removed. The freedom now of beholding the glory. Man, how do you put that to words really? And thirdly from our text, the freedom now to be transformed. In Christ, we have the freedom to be transformed. Look at verse 18. I mean, really, this verse is un unbelievable. It's astounding. And we all with unveiled face Beholding the glory of the Lord, notice, are being transformed into the same image as Christ from one degree of glory to another. I mean, again, really? Like, really? That, that, that is awesome. The word transformed, uh, literally, uh, in the Greek, it is um, metamorpho. Transliterated, we get our word metamorphosis. This is what happens to us in Jesus Christ. We look at him. We stare at him. We love him. We become like him. So love and stop. Think for a second. Think for a second. All the world's attempts to try to change human behavior. I mean, just this week again, I heard about certain people with emotional difficulties and fighting depression, and they go to the doctors, all the psychiatrists, and the one response is, medicate, medicate, medicate. And what is that? It's a Band-Aid. If it works at all, it's a temporal solution with no lasting change. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not only regenerated, 
converted, saved in Jesus Christ. But the moment we are justified in him and we are saved in him is the moment the process of sanctification begins, which means we start to grow more and more like Jesus Christ. I mean, just really, if you're saved in Christ and you were here and you were saved and you go back now and a few years later and you look back at who you used to be, I know you still sin, so do I every day, but you look back on who you used to be and you're like, really? Really? By the grace of God, I've changed by the grace of God, I've grown by the grace of God. I look more and more like Jesus Christ. Really? How is that? Loved ones, think of this thing. All the systems of the world, all the attempts of the spirit of our age, all the different things going on trying to transform human behavior. It'll never work, ever. Not eternally, not lasting. But in Jesus Christ, we have the privilege to change we have the freedom. Again, loved ones, think, think. No other person, an unbeliever cannot have this freedom. A person unsaved cannot be changed. But you're saved, you can. I mean, just count your blessings. Name them one by one. Consider all the things and glories the Lord has done. We're being transformed. Why? Because we behold the glory of the Lord. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 that becomes the secret to Christian holiness. Our occupation is to be with Christ. Why? You behold Christ, you're transformed. Notice, if your occupation is, is with self, that's not going to work. Why? You just feel defeat. I mean, the, the more you look inside of this, I, mean, I just that, that, that's discouraging. Occupation with other people, a lot of us are tempted with that every day. That won't work. That'll just be disappointing. Why? Because your spouse will always let you down in the end. Your friend will let you down. Your girlfriend will let you down. Sorry, man. Hate to break it to you, boyfriends. All right? All right? Your girlfriend will let you down. It, it, no human being can live up to the standard of what we desire. Jesus Christ alone can. If you occupy, your, occupy your, uh, yourself with your stuff, that won't work. That'll just lead to despair. All the idols turn out to be false proving what they really are. But occupation with Christ? Occupation with Christ. And he's the, he's the sufficiency of our, our life and our souls. This is why, loved ones, we do not lose heart. I want you to see one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which relates so powerfully to our text. Look at chapter 4, verse 16. It's the verse we actually began the service with. If you were here on time, you would know that. That wasn't really a shot. It was just an observation. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4, 16. Look at this. Look at this. I love this. One of my favorite verses in Scripture. For we do not lose heart. So we do not lose heart. Notice, though our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. Okay, now, if you understand theology, man, this, this is awesome, okay? Have you ever understood this theological truth in this verse right here? Do you realize that the only aspect of all of creation, human beings, plants, animals, the only aspect of all of creation that is actually, as they age, becoming newer are followers of Jesus Christ. Understand that? Our outer self is wasting away. 
Amen? That is so true, man. Like, I look more in the mirror this thing, man. It's just not going so great. You know what I'm saying? Like, the gray hair's coming in, and the body's weak, and I'm just like, wow, this is not so But what I know is, in reality, although my outer self is wasting away, not my words, God's awesome, my inner self is being renewed day by day. The only part of all of creation that is actually becoming newer as they grow older, the believer in Jesus Christ. No other human being can boast of that. No other tree or animal. They're all aging towards death. And we might be on the outside aging, but on the inside, we are actually becoming more and more new with every passing day. That's because we've been granted the freedom by the Holy Spirit in the Lord Jesus Christ to be transformed. Loved ones, there's no freedom like this freedom. There is no freedom. There's no sandwich like this freedom sandwich. There's just nothing comes close. Freedom to remove the veil, freedom to behold the glory, and the freedom to be transformed. And notice how the text ends. How much should we care about the Holy Spirit? Verse 18. Now this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Lord, help us to understand how blessed we are. And I pray right now, too, there's some of you here, for the first time ever, you will surrender your life to Jesus that you might be set free. Let's pray, loved ones. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the glory and the service. Thank you for the faithfulness, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. God, I beg you right now, you will set people free. I beg you, you will take a young man, you will set him free, or a young woman, or any man, any woman in this place who can hear this overflow in this room, online. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord that you will allow them to see for the first time their sin and that their sin is an offense to you and it makes a separation between them and you and they will see their sin for what it is, awful, disgusting, grievous, but then they will see the love of Jesus. Then they will see Jesus dying on the cross for them to take every sin they've ever committed and will ever commit and Jesus says, give me your sin and I will give you life in return. Oh God, I pray for the first time ever they will see freedom, eternal freedom, not temporal, not fading, unbreakable, undefiable. A freedom that will last forever. If you turn to Jesus right now, if you ask him to forgive your sins, if you place your faith in him for his grace and his life, the Bible says you will be saved. The Bible says then your face will be unveiled and you will see and you will receive the Holy Spirit as the text says and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Oh, to behold his glory truly nothing, nothing like it. Lord Jesus, save, save people today. We beg you for this is how you receive the most glory. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In Jesus' name.